0: About two years ago, I was raped. Are you a man or a mouse? There's a lot of anger. For not being manly enough. There are two ideas about safe spaces. I was alone, but I felt numb. My understanding of the world changed. I couldn't bring myself to say it. I was lost. Uh, in a very safe space. All I wanted was to be able to share my experience, what was happening to me, with someone. Hey everyone, welcome once again to Safe Places for Men. All right, this is your male survivor, resiliency and leadership development coach, Thomas Edward, coming to you once again from sunny California, that's Sacramento. And this is gonna be episode number 27. All right, you know what? So, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit better today. I think last time I talked to you guys, you know, we had so much smoke around here. That was like fog, like trying to walk through fog. I mean, this is during the daytime and it would be like, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon. You would think it was like six or seven or whatever at nighttime. It'd be pretty dark because of the smoke and welcome. And we welcome the air because today you can actually see this. You can see the sun. There's still some smoke there. There's particles around for those of us that have, you know, uh, some. I don't know, underlying issues like asthma, like me, you know, we can go outside, but you still can't stay out for long periods of time because the particle size, whatever is still whatever in the air. But it's just so nice, you know, to be able to see the sun. Now, yes, I would rather have clouds <laughs> because at heart I am a Seattle light. You know what, but we will take what we can get and we will be grateful for it. All right. So today I want to do I want to give a shout out. I am I'm just kind of happy. I'm kind of ecstatic. Um, Every time I hear, you know, or I get a report, you know, on how a survivor is who's becoming a thriver is doing. I'm really excited. And I share with you guys uh, the program, you know, that I kind of officially launched, even though I've actually been doing it for about a year, a year or two. Uh, with some survivors. So I wanna give a shout out, a guitar to um, Rogelio. Rogelio, man, I just want to say congratulations to you on all the work that you have done. Um, you know, Rogelio actually, he started the uh, Safe Place for Men uh, course around six months ago to just kind of get some, work through some some issues and underlying things that were there. Uh, before he jumped over to the survivor thriver um, side and then started doing that coursework and and coaching and, um, and one of his goals was he for years for years he had just been trying to reach whatever a, a certain level and you know opening his business and trying to get to certain figures uh, six figures and uh, he did it. he did it that was that's the latest report. And he just he kind of shared with me he's like, man, he's like He's like, this is awesome. He's like, so he says, for like a decade, I haven't been able to reach this. He's like, and I come in and I work with you in a year. He's like, I've already struck down that goal. Woo! I love it. So, Rogelio, uh, it's all you. You did the work. el trabajo. You did the work, my friend. And you know what I love about this moment? Because oftentimes, at least in the work that I'm doing, sometimes there's more frustrations than I'm going to say there are celebrations at that time. And that's often because of the fear. And people are just afraid to get out of that place. People are afraid to just take whatever that next step is. And so that means that they don't progress. And so I love it when people come in and they're like, look, I'm going to give it what I got. I'm going to do what I can. Whatever you can throw at me, throw at me, because you're going to be there with me, and we're going to triumph through this together. And Rogelio, that's what you did. All right, man, so keep reaching for the stars. You know, it's great, especially with the economy and the way that it's going on today and what's going on and and doing that program and working with that program. All right, dude, you're recession-proof, so you did it. All right, so one of the questions I asked him, since we're kind of celebrating him, I said, um, you know, so when I was working with you, Roger Rogeli, when I was working with you, um, what was one of the things that you really found important that you think that, you know, more survivors could really just focus on? What was it that really helped you? And what he said to me, he says, you know, when we did kind of that course and you taught me on the message of emotions, he's like, that was gold for me. That was gold for me. And I was like, yeah, you know what that is? You know, that was kind of the same for me when I was working through things that it was really important to understand those messages of emotion. And so, you know what? Guess what we're going to do today. So we're going to talk a little bit uh, about that. And I'm going to try to share that information with you. And maybe it will help you and move you to that place as you're working through things. Because that's one of the big things when we're talking about, you know, even moving forward forward oftentimes what we're afraid of, we're afraid of the emotions. And I like to think of it from this perspective, at least from uh, the childhood sexual abuse perspective. It was like, you know, when we were children, whatever, during the abuse, we were trying to survive. We had all these feelings, but we didn't have words where we could explain them. Okay. And then I think as adults, though, when we're talking about it now, So we have these words, but we don't actually connect with the feelings because we're afraid to actually connect with them because we think we're going to be out of control. And no one, of course, wants to be out of control. So then we shut it down and don't allow ourselves to fear to feel. But the thing is, I believe that when we understand kind of those message of emotions, then what it does, it empowers us. It empowers us to like, okay, so that's what that means. Okay, so then what can I do? you to acknowledge that and to work through that. All right, so let's talk about that a little bit. So let's just say we're dealing with uh, feeling uncomfortable. So the thing is, I, you know I, I, I don't feel comfortable, whatever, discussing this or maybe disclosing the abuse. What is that emotion trying to say to me? Well, when I feel uncomfortable, that message that the emotion is trying to tell me is that there needs to be a change of state. Okay, so when you're uncomfortable, guess what you do? Uh, That emotion is trying to tell you that you need to change the state. So let's just say, for example, you're sitting, you come in and you sit down on a hard wood chair or maybe a cement chair and your body starts fidgeting and, and moving it around. You feel uncomfortable. So what is that emotion trying to tell you? You need to change the state. So you got to sit in something either more comfortable or you need to sit in a different position. And so when we're talking about what is the message of the emotion, it's really important for us to understand. So the next time you feel uncomfortable, I want you to think about this. Okay, so I need to change the state state of what well it just depends on what it is like we said if you were sitting in the chair you would have to change the the state of the either the chair you're sitting in move somewhere else what's softer but if i'm feeling uncomfortable maybe about the motions, maybe i need to change my state of mind and start asking myself and really thinking you know what okay how scary is this really change of state all right here's the next one Fear, and of course this is a big one and it has so many things behind it when we think about fear. So when you're afraid, when you are scared, what is the message that emotion is trying to communicate to us? All right, so when we have fear, I want you to think about, usually when you have fear, it's because you kinda don't know what's coming, right? And so you're afraid of maybe the future because you don't know what the future is. And so fear is just simply telling me, well, one of the reasons I'm being afraid is because it's saying that I need to prepare myself for something. Okay, I need to prepare myself for something. I mean, usually that's kind of how fear. Now, if we were to break it down, of course, on the psychological level, you know, we'd be talking about the instinctual fear and those different type of things. I'm not talking about that type of fear. Okay. Where, you know, a snake, whatever comes out and you you jump dread fear. I'm talking about the fear where often what happens is we create this fear because we have this idea that we're trying to avoid negative consequences in the future. Okay. Negative consequences in the future. So it's like the person who's getting ready to give the speech. Okay. Why do I have all this anxiety coming up? Because I, feel like I'm not prepared and therefore I don't want to receive the negative consequences that I think that are coming. So when I get that message of fear, one of the best ways to tackle it is to really prepare. So you'll notice even when you're giving that speech, once you go through it over and over and over and over and over and then it's really yours. When you first give up to give it, you might feel a few butterflies, but once you start, you notice that the fear dissipates. Why? Because you know that you are prepared, okay? So, all right. so when we, when we feel that that message, that type of fear, remember, maybe it's trying to tell us that we need to prepare for something. So you're like, you know what? Oh, I don't want, I don't, you know, when we just talked about working through the issues, oh, I don't want to work through the issues because I'm so afraid that I'm gonna lose control. Well, if you start preparing yourself, working with someone who can help you to bridge those gaps, and how to work through the issues, you don't have to fear them because now you're not thinking about avoiding those negative consequences. All right, let's move to the next emotion, hurt. All right, this is one that we, I'm sure that we all can relate to, especially with the issues that we've dealt with. But when I'm dealing with that emotion, what is it trying to tell me? Well, hurt is simply saying that we have an expectation that has not been met. Right. And sometimes that creates a, you know, a, a feeling of loss. I was actually going through my, my first book that I wrote uh, years ago and I was just looking at some of the pages and uh, the section where I was talking about, you know, dealing with loss so loss of intimacy, you know, loss of uh, maybe our parents treating us the way that they should have, you know, or just loss of so many things. And I was like, you know what? that's hurt. Well, why? Because we had this expectation and that expectation was not met. And so then that created the hurt, right? So when I feel hurt, what is that message from the emotion that I have an expectation that has not been met? Okay. Now, that's the next thing. That's where the shifting comes in. And that's why like, when I like when we're working and we're coaching them, it's like, OK, how do we deal that? How do we shift whatever to the next? So maybe we need to actually change the expectation. Many of you are in situations, I'm going to say toxic situations where you have people maybe in your family, in your inner circle. They don't get this. They don't understand. They keep asking you, why are you still dealing with this stuff? Whatever that was years ago. And when you hear that, guess how you feel? You feel hurt. Well, why do you feel hurt? Because you have an expectation that they would understand. And that expectation is not being met, right? So then if if we were coaching you, what, what would we do? Well, we would actually have to change that expectation and realize, okay, that's just the place that they're coming from. It's hard for them to be able to relate to what happened to me and, and how to, to deal with it. So I'm just going to realize and expect, well, that's just how they see it and understand it. That's their perception, even though it's not true. Okay. All right. Let's move to the next one. Anger. All right. Anger is the one emotion, especially for guys that we get a license. We get to use this. Us. If there's one thing that if you want to say we masculine men can use, it is anger. But here's the message when we think about what anger really is. That message that anger is trying to transmit to you, communicate to you, is that an important rule that you value has been violated by someone. Now, this is really important oftentimes when I'm working with survivors, because oftentimes, sometimes I'll run into survivors and they'll have, I'm going to say they come from a religious background. And they'll come from a religious background that says, oh, you know that you're not supposed to be angry. And so they have all this pent up, I'm saying frustration, anger, which then turns into depression and other things because they're not allowing themselves to imbibe, to embrace the message of that emotion, anger. Anger says that an important rule that you valued has been violated by someone. So think about that when we're thinking about our sexual abuse. Oftentimes it's hard for us to be angry because maybe the abuse took place by a parent that we love or a caregiver, um, someone in our family, someone that we love. And so we're like, oh, I can't be angry with them. The message that the emotion is trying to communicate to you is that an important rule that you value has been violated. And so when they betrayed you, whatever the sexual betrayal, the emotional abuse, verbal abuse, sexual abuse, something was violated for you. And that means that you have the right to be angry right now we can work on it. If you want to do some coaching, like, okay, I've had this anger too long and it's turned into bitter and resentment. That's where we do the work, right? Cause then we figure out how to start shifting. Okay. So we need the anger. We need to express it, but maybe for how long of a period that's what it comes into. So remember that it's trying to communicate to you that important rule that you valued has been violated. Cool. All right frustration. Now, frustration is kind of like hurt. They kind of function around, I'm going to say the same parameters. So frustration. All right. So you guys out there that have kids, (laughs) you ever get frustrated with your kids? What do you do? Do you just pull out your hair? Now, if you're a parent, you know exactly what you do, but here's the message when we're feeling frustrated the message that frustration is trying to communicate to you is that you need to change your approach. Now, this was um, one that was really important when I was working with Rogelio. And so uh, he says, yeah, this was really, he says, this was important for me. He says, I was frustrated. I was trying to you know, build my business. I couldn't figure it out. I kept doing whatever, the same thing, the same thing over and over and over again. He says, and when you came in and showed me a different approach, a different way of doing things. And he's like, and my business actually started to exponentially grow. He's like, I was no longer frustrated. Okay. So frustration is trying to communicate to you that you need to change your approach in order to achieve your goal. So let's just say you're a person. Oh, you know what? I've, you know what, Thomas, I've listened to, I've listened whatever to, to the podcast. That's great. But then you feel like, uh, okay, I've listened to the podcast, but I want more, okay? Guess what you got to do because you're feeling frustrated. You got to change your approach. It means you need to do more, right? Maybe you need to take the next step, maybe coaching, whatever, counselor, whatever it is, but if you're frustrated, remember, it's trying to communicate to you that you need to change your approach. All right. Any of you out there ever feel disappointed, okay? Disappointed. Now, what happens when we become disappointed? And I want you to realize this one. All right, so once again, let's move to our parents, okay, for those of us that are parents out there. All right, so what do you do when you, your kids, you know, you're just hoping that they would do so much better on whatever, on their test, or whatever it is. You feel a little bit disappointed. Well, disappointment, the message that's pretty much being, you um, Communicated is that I just need to realize that whatever that expectation, whatever that outcome is, probably not going to happen. Okay, now this comes once again. Remember, when we were talking about you know, the relatives, maybe toxic relatives, and they're saying what took you so, so long or what's taking you so long, you still hadn't got over that yet. And sometimes we might feel a little bit disappointed. Well, that's because the expectation, the outcome. It's probably not going to happen. Maybe we do have toxic people in our family. And for years and for years, we've been working. We've been hoping that maybe there would be a reunification with our family. And so we start feeling disappointed. Disappointed that they just can't seem to come up to task, that they just can't seem to, to get it. Well, It's communicating to us that we need to realize that the expectation or outcome probably is not going to happen. So guess what I need to do? Because when I'm disappointed, that moves, of course, into frustration. But what does frustration tell us? Well, I need to change my approach. And so what do I do? Well, I change my approach now by changing my expectation. Okay, And then I no longer feel disappointed. All right. I love this because it works. I love it. I use it all the time. All right. Here's one that's really important for us when we're talking about the message of emotions. Guilt. Okay, now that's one, of course, that we all are uh, dealing with or deal with as we work through the abuse guilt. So what is the message that guilt is trying to tell us? Now, I want you to really get this one down because this is really, this is really important. Guilt is trying to tell you that you violated one of your standards, okay? That you violated one of your standards. And so that means that you need to do something to make sure that you're not going to violate that standard again. Now, the reason I'm kind of slowing down and making emphasis for this, because as survivors of sexual abuse, oftentimes many of us are carrying around what I call false guilt. Okay, false guilt. In other words, it's really not yours, but you're taking it on, especially if it happens, uh, if the abuse happens during child abuse. I mean, during childhood. Uh, this happens very commonly because as kids, the world centers around us. Or that's what We think that's how we see the world. So we think that we're responsible for everything in our world because we don't have the little nuances that are going on. So when dad and mom are fighting, we internalize, oh, what did I do? Maybe it was something I like, do. Oh, they got a divorce. Oh, what did I do? What did I do to whatever to create. They don't love me. We have all those different type of things. Guilt. But I want you to notice what I said. About the message that it's trying to communicate. You violated one of your standards. When you have been sexually abused, emotionally abused, whatever, it is not you that is doing the violating. Did you get that? It is not you that is doing the violating. You haven't violated one of your standards. The guilt should be from the perpetrator, from the abuse, from the abuser. It's theirs, because they are the ones that have violated the standards. Okay, that's a really important, really important key, and uh, that's one of the things that you know we continually we continually um, work on, because then you know it's going to develop into shame and stuff if we don't if we don't continue to work with it. But it pops up all all the time, right? And we start feeling like, we, you know, like we're broken and, and can't be fixed. And oftentimes it's because we're holding the guilt that really isn't ours because we haven't violated anything. We were the ones that were violated. All right, next emotion, inadequate. You ever feel like you're inadequate? Maybe the imposter syndrome. Uh, run into a lot of survivors that are, that are dealing with that. All right, so if you're feeling inadequate, that's, this is what the emotion is trying to tell you that you need to do something to get better. (laughs) Okay. So if I'm feeling inadequate, what the emotion is saying that, Hey, you know what? There's something that you can do to actually get better. You want to be a a better, you know, spokesperson, public speaker, go out and take some classes, start practicing so you can be better. You want to start working through these issues. Okay. Find whatever someone, therapist, coaching, whatever that can help you to start working through these things. Inadequacy. Is trying to communicate to us that we could just need to do something to get better okay all right overwhelmed or overloaded you ever feel like that I love this one I because this is one when we're talking about especially in our um build the build the person build the business on the survivor become thrivers program this is one that I hear uh, people always talking about man I feel overwhelmed I feel overloaded okay Whenever you feel that way, the first thing that needs to come to your mind: what is this emotion of feeling overwhelmed, overloaded, trying to communicate to me? And this is what it's trying to communicate to you: it's trying to tell you that you just simply needs to reevaluate your priorities. Okay, so you need to figure out what is important, because see, what happens is once you decide what's absolutely important, then it starts to put things into priority and then you start to act. So you decide what's important, you put them in order of priority, and then you act. So whenever you're feeling overwhelmed, whenever you're feeling overloaded, you need to evaluate your priorities and say, wait a minute, but what needs to be done first, right? And that'll start moving that overwhelming feeling. All right, the last one, which which is very easy, uh, and I think we all know this what does this message communicate to us when we're feeling this? when we're feeling lonely, okay, and I know that's one that we as survivors oftentimes feel. When I'm feeling lonely, that message from that emotion is trying to tell me, yo, Thomas, you need connection. okay? So you need connection with people. and so you need to involved maybe more social it could be text it could be email it could be a phone call whatever it is you, you need to to reach out you need to to shout out you know I just want I want to give a shout out to my Mike and you guys have heard him of course on the podcast before my, my there in Canada you know other day I was just having been a really bad day just a really bad day and I was feeling lonely and um, I just I just reached out I reached out to to Mike and just sent him a text and I just it was almost like a venting session, right? And I just put some stuff in there. And, and then on the next day, I said, man, just thank you so much for, for reading that. Because I said, I just really needed to share all that stuff that was there in a place that I knew that was safe. And I knew I could be safe with you. So when I was feeling that loneliness, what was it trying to communicate to me? That I needed connection, Right so then I was able to recognize that, of course, then to do something about it. All right. I know I already passed my time. I try and keep it to 25 minutes. Sometimes it's hard. Uh, That's a lot of, you know, information. I was trying to think. um, Let's see. Uh, Okay, I'm just going to run through it right quick. So here's the here's the plan of attack. I'm going to go ahead and give you the plan of attack. I'm going to go ahead and get it in because I think you guys can. You have a little grace and compassion. All right. So one. So we talked about the emotions and what they're trying to communicate. So the first thing as we're working through this first, ID, which emotion it is. Right. So you're feeling uncomfortable, fear, hurt, angry, frustration, guilt, disappointed, inadequate, overwhelmed, or lonely. First, identify what it is. All right. Number two, you've got to acknowledge and appreciate. In other words, what is this emotion offering you? What is it telling you? Appreciate it. Okay, so when you feel hurt, appreciate that emotion is like, wow. Okay, I have an expectation that hasn't been met. Okay, because now I'm starting to find out a little bit more. The third thing is just be curious about it. Like we said, what is it offering me? What is it? What is it trying to? What is it trying to tell me? The fourth thing is you need to be reassured that you pretty much have probably worked through it before. Unless you're experiencing on just a a continual plane and you're just like that totally, then probably at some point in your life, you've probably worked it out before. And guess what that means? That means, number five, that you certainly can handle it in the future, right? So that just means that you've got to take action. All right, guys, there we go for our safe place for men talking about the message of emotions today. Thank you guys so much for allowing me to to share. You know, On this podcast, sometimes from week to week, I'm like, man, what what am I going to talk about? There's just so much stuff. There's so many different things. And then if I don't get any email from you guys, I don't know exactly what you want me to, to share with you. So I just try sometimes shoot from the hip or whatever's going on in the coaching session with the client that I'm working with. Uh, that's what I do. All right, so those of you that are interested, remember survivorsbecomethrivers.com. If you're interested in, like Rogelio was there, and moving to that side and working through um, some issues, and you want to build the person, build the business, that's one of the programs that we do on that side. All right, guys, remember you are never alone. We're here. You know, as I, um, because I'm starting to build, of course, my my social media accounts on Instagram and all the things. I'm starting to notice that there are more male survivor resources and things that are popping up, which is great, which is wonderful. Because like I said, I remember when I started this journey like 20 years ago, I could barely find anything. And I said, you know what? I'm going to become part of the solution to become one of the resources. And I hope that this resource is helping you guys also. All right, guys, until our next time.